I'm worried that you're not getting into it because you're not I'm close enough. I'm into it. Oh, literally? Yeah, <laughs> like literally. Oh, he's invested. into it. Auditorily. Boy, oh, Steven. Okay, we need to all make sure we have equal uh, space here. Okay. Right. You want to lay the beat this time? Boom, 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 boom. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode three of The Lightbulb Lounge, where we talk about creating, do some creating, celebrate it a bit, and maybe figure out why we don't do it more. <laughs> I'm spitting all over myself. We've got a spit shield for just that purpose. Yep, that's why I installed it. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell, this episode is messy. The mania of finals week is only somewhat distracted by sleep deprivation. Allow me to paint the scene a bit for you. I'm in a smallish room called a makerspace, packed with tools and machinery for, well, making stuff. 3D printers, laser cutters, soldering irons, hammers, you name it. And today, it also happens to be packed with people. This day of recording was the presentation and expo day for my class T519 digital fabrication, where we had to make our own learning toolkits or educational toys. As much as exhaustion had many eyelids drooping, excitement was bubbling everywhere as students shared their projects or played with others. Since the last Lightbulb Lounge episode was released, I've been wading and splashing through finals. This was my second to last day of finals, and I was running on about 15 hours of sleep over four days. My partner Sophie and I had wrapped up the project that morning at around 2 a.m., and this is me just a few hours after. Alright, we're just testing. Testing, testing. Just woke up. All that said, I felt it necessary to get an episode up this week. I am reminded of Ruben's words from episode 1, that routine does not necessarily mean stagnation so long as it is a routine of growth and not about finding a nook of comfort. Well, I definitely still feel like I'm extending myself in this whole thing. I've got a promise to keep with myself, but I'll save the feelings-y reflections for the end. I recorded this episode with my class full of delightful, supportive, brilliant individuals. Here are snippets of their project presentations. Hello, everybody. Hey, Gabe. Okay, so we created Collabofraction. Yeah. That's Collabofraction. And they need to work together to design something using the fraction pieces that satisfy each of the requirements. Imaginative role-playing is one of the most powerful uh, tools for children development. They get to imagine how they would like to see the world, but also how they would like to see themselves in that world. They discover themselves and they create themselves by playing. With that, we created Spy World. This uh, narrative where children get to be spies, they get to invent as spies, and with this ultimate guide for hacking yourself spy technology, we are aiming to give children the opportunity to develop everything they would need to become a secret agent. Grammar House is a hands-on learning tool that teaches students how to construct proper English sentences. Um, And so Anne started this analogy um, when she was teaching, which was to draw a house and be like, hey, you start with the base, which is a subject, then you build on top of it, which is a verb, and then you have objects or clauses that go after that. One solution is that, what if we rethought what algebra actually was? Are you ready to drop a beat? Mm. (laughs) Let's do this, okay. So I found one of these thingies. 
which is called a MIDI controller, which is pretty much just a very nice piece of hardware that has um, buttons, and those buttons are mapped to different sounds. So wouldn't it be awesome if we could teach computer science in a fun and interactive way by programming one of these soundboards? This game called Party, Party Dungeon is a game that is uh, supposed to teach you about different decision-making modes. We wanted to uh, design something that can help uh, little kids get more exposure to music learning, to music instruments when they uh, not necessarily have the access at home with the physical instruments. I started off with the idea of creating something that would make computer science uh, accessible to underrepresented minorities. Each of these projects could easily soak up an entire episode here. Learning algebra by physically building beats out of computer-recognized boxes. Learning English by building houses. Making air guitars real through Connect technology. For this episode, I had envisioned getting a couple questions in with everyone in my class, but there just wasn't enough time. I ended up having short conversations with Olivia, Andrew, Betsy, and Steve. I grabbed them in the crazy midst of our final project expo, so apologies for the background hubbub. Let's do this. Oh, could you also introduce yourself for me to cut into the start of this clip? You just say like, my name is Olivia, or you know, how, however you want to introduce yourself, really. Hi, my name's Olivia Wheeler. I'm gonna get better at remembering to do introductions. Hey, how are you feeling today? It started out a little rough. I was an hour late for class, but now that we've done it and people are excited to be playing with the Bebop machine, I feel pretty darn amazing. Could you could you give a sound, word or otherwise, to express how you're feeling today? Woo! Okay, uh, jumping back to where you were a month ago with this project, could you give a sound for that? <laughs> and and what, what got you from there to here? Uh, hard work and perseverance, you know what I'm saying? And a positive attitude. Is, is, that, is that just were you born with those things, or uh, did Gabe teach you those things, or? No, actually, it's, it's, you know, in all seriousness, uh, I was reflecting on yet another survey that we had to do in class today. We have to do a lot of surveys in class. No, but there's a question we've been asked a thousand times, which is how important the community is and what the community offers you and if they solve your problems. And I think I didn't, maybe didn't even understand that question until the last couple weeks of needing to feel excited and happy and productive in a place and very supported by the people that were working around me, not necessarily on the same project, often on very, very different things, but how important that culture was stepping into the lab and how much better that made the experience. Um, and so I, I think that that piece of uh, what the community of this class and, and these people have, have offered in, in, in my learning experience is like pretty amazing. And, and I don't think I could have anticipated the power of that. What would you say was your laughing to crying ratio? Uh, do you have a time frame for that? Uh, <laughs> let's say in the in the in the context of this class, at all the projects, all the all the wonderful people, yet all of the hard work. I think I think mine was like a three to one. Okay. Laughing to crying. Yeah, three to one. That's that's a pretty good ratio. Seventy-five yeah. percent laughter. Yeah, maybe more. Maybe a four to one. You can practice your fractions over with uh, Eric and Sarah if you want. Oh, uh, thanks. I do need to do that, don't I? <laughs> with, with their newest uh, product, Collabo Fractions. Collabo Fractions. Check them out on Amazon and Tinder. Um, 
Tinder? I don't know. <laughs> I was just saying product names. Does um, your Tinder account involve collaboration with flac fractions? Flactions. Yes, because we're each halves, but when we unite, we're one whole. To become one. Paul spelled with a W. <laughs> Olivia? Yep. In class, we talked about the dark night of despair, or the dark swamp of despair sometimes. Mm, yeah. This is the fabled low point of the creative process. What did that look like for you? Um, when, when I hit my low moment, um, I feel like I get really pale and itchy. <laughs> so, so a physical response is yes, what you're yes, saying. Yes, it's very physical yeah. for me. Okay, is this like a head scratch itch? Like, wow, I'm thinking really hard right now. Um, no, no, it's like my whole body itches. <laughs> so, so how did you progress past that? Do you just like do you dive into the itchiness? Do you just you scratch the itch? Do you put on some lotion? No, if you scratch is there the like itch, a mental if lotion? you scratch the itch, you give in. You know, if you scratch the itch, you give in. <laughs> So, so in the hall, in the discomfort of it all, yes, you just sit in it. No, you ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how you process your emotions. Yeah, I mean it's like any 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 bad feeling. If if you lean into it and you let it and you let it determine how you're feeling and it let and, it, and you let it determine how you act and the way you make decisions, then things will get worse. But if you if you feel it. And then you can do what you can to resist it in the sense of like, all right, things are getting itchy. I feel physically uncomfortable because I'm so mentally uncomfortable. Then you like go for a walk and you refresh and you hit reset. You don't lean into it. You don't start scratching. You don't like my metaphor, Gabe? <laughs> I think it's a great metaphor. <laughs> I'll go get some aloe vera for my productive itch. I hope that's a metaphorical <laughs> <laughs> statement. So I have a question for you. Um, how similar to your initial ideation did your final project look? Can I pause on that? Yeah. You're going to edit this? Yeah. All right, cool. Or will I? <laughs> Love you, Olivia. I think what... I think maybe the the product was similar to how I imagined it, but the learning goals really changed. I, I didn't know... I think I, I had an idea of why I was excited about the project, but actually until this morning, making the slides for the presentation, um, did I really get excited because I felt I felt like the there, there was power in the learning we were providing, and I think that that really morphed, which in a weird way, I think I had just mislabeled it before, and then I had that discovery that it was attached to algebra, and as a math teacher, I got super excited about that. Um, and I think I think that is what changed for me, which I, I I'm imagining is not really the process that uh, <laughs> the professors had in mind for us, <laughs> but it worked. I got well, lucky. Well, I mean, Karen Brennan makes the point that there is no learning without reflection. Mm. So you're saying that as you're making the slideshow today and like trying to piece together the craziness of this creative process, suddenly you are maybe noticing these things that had happened or actually creating the learning in that moment as you were reflecting. 100%. Whereas before it was like, I made this thing that I like. I don't, I didn't have a lot of thoughts about it, but. 100%. That's like a giant takeaway for me for both of these classes is that reflective, that reflective process and how, um, how important it is. It's not an addition to the learning. It is the learning. Mm. Okay. So, so how helpful was the planning stage versus the tinkering stage, right? Like planning out, this is what I want to make versus like, I'm just doing stuff. I'm making stuff. Oh, that doesn't work. I'll change that. Blah, blah, blah. How much did you bounce between planning and tinkering? 
it, in some ways, our product is sort of like the first iteration because it really only came together this morning. <laughs> but you iterated the code a lot. Yes. The programming. The code, holy cow. The code got iterated a um, hundred times an hour. Um, <laughs> and that, that for sure had to happen in integration. I was talking to my brother-in-law who's a programmer and I was telling him like, I can't believe, I, I felt like I did the whole thing backwards where I started with what I wanted on the elementary level, but then every time I tried to up the capacity of the program, I realized I had done the, the basics wrong. And he, and he laughed and was like, yeah, that's programming. Um, but I think I think my lesson like might be to do your best to envision the whole picture, but also just lean into the fact that like it will be iterative, it will be it will push you, you will have to edit and delete and try again and start over. And um, it feels so good because of that, um, because it works now, and that is a long time coming. <laughs> so I mean, even yesterday, you're saying now how how good it feels, right? But even yesterday, if I had asked you how you feeling, would you have responded with a woo? No, hell no. I was like on the verge of tears up until an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, so 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 why create if it's so tumultuous, if it's so draining and crazy? Like why go through all this? So I, I had the um, luxury of having my parents here today, the only student with their parents here because they live hey, uh, three quarters of a mile hey. away. Um, and my dad mentioned as I was showing other students, he sort of pulled me aside and he was like, I'm so proud of you. You look so proud of yourself. And he wasn't proud of me because of this computer program I made. He didn't know what he was looking at, but he could see how proud of myself I was. And he was so excited to see that. And I think, like, that's the first time he's ever remarked on me feeling proud of myself. Wow. Um, but I think that's that's what it is. It's that, like, a feeling of accomplishment, which is so much the larger because of the pain. So, so the value of the creating is by creating this thing, you're also creating yourself into the type of person you want to be? Uh, yeah, tell Bertrand that for yeah. sure. <laughs> Bertrand is our professor for this course. That'll be in our course <laughs> reviews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've recreated myself through processing. Um, no, I think, All right, that was I think, too snooty. I get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not willing to say that. <laughs> Um, I think that's. I think I have rethought uh, myself as an educator. I don't know if it applies. I, 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 to some portion, of course, it applies to my full identity. But um, it has changed the way I think about education and what I want for my students. I'm excited to see what you do with your students. Me too. Thanks for being here, Olivia. No prob. Alrighty, on to conversation number two, and kind of three and four. Uh, you want to do a little uh, intro for yourself? Uh, you're going to have to speak pretty close to it. We're going to have to be taking turns. Hi, my name is Andrew Reinfeld. I am good friends with Gabe. Yeah, great, I would say. I'd say great. Wow. We are very close. Um, and yeah. Physically as well, because the mic is like turned up to be really sensitive. So no. our faces are almost touching. Not going to lie, one of my favorite parts of this class is the high level of comfort that people have with physical touch. Mm. If I were to turn and face Andrew right now, our noses might actually touch. Do you want to try? It would be really cute. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Ready? And yep. Yep. Our it happened. Touched. It yeah. happened. Hey, Andrew. Yes, Gabe. How are you feeling today? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty excited, pretty energetic. If I were to ask you, like, if you can put yourself in your shoes a week ago and I were to ask that same question, what do you think your response would have been? Um, I probably would have gone with stressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, last week was uh, me and Luciano were really making changes right up till, like, this morning. 
And uh, so the idea is that you are a high fantasy adventuring party, but taking into like a realistic consideration that there just aren't that many adventures in the world to have. So instead you go into empty dungeons and just kind of party to pass the time. What would you do? I would, I would party to pass the time. I, I would also. I would also. You know? Um, but you party a little too hard, and the dungeon starts to collapse on you. Yeah. So you and the party have to Been escape. There. Yeah. I mean, it's really a metaphor for life. <laughs> <laughs> we got Steve rolling his eyes in the background here. <laughs> this is Pretentious Podcast with Andrew Reinfeld. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question for you. Yeah. How different does your initial ideation of what this would look like, how, di- how different does that initial vision look like from what you have today? I would say side-by-side side comparison. You would have no idea that one had moved into the other. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, the, the original game idea was called Breaking Bread, uh, and it was about resource sharing. Yeah. Uh, whereas this game was more about, like, how do we as a team just move forward, <laughs> yeah. like, to escape a problem. That we have created. And it still has, <laughs> that we ourselves have created. Um, so, with that in mind, uh, how, how useful was the idea stage where you were planning out what you were going to do versus the tinkering stage and actually like messing around, building, hands-on testing? You know, what was the balance there of, of planning out something versus actually doing something? Um, I would say it's kind of impossible to say that one was more important than the other. I think, it, like, for us, we really kept the goals in mind that we had come up with the, in the ideation phase. Uh, but then through tinkering, realized that, like, the original plan to reach that goal was... It, it was trash. It was a trash plan. Uh, and so through the iterative process and, like, actually letting people play test and getting feedback and, like, also just, like, us doing some of our own kind of, like, thought experiments, like, how would people react in these game situations, we got to a thing that I'm I'm now proud of. Like, if you actually asked me two hours ago, is this game going to be good? I wouldn't know. Hmm, but now you've that you've been playing with it. Yeah, now that people have like come in here and played with the exact rules that we laid out and just had a good time, like yeah. that's the real the friends is the real goal here. So I have a question for you. I actually have a quote for you. Yes. So Karen Brennan said, leaning into the total trash of your creations can be very intellectually generative. And you just used the term trash for your initial prototypes. Yeah. So how much do you, do you totally identify with that? I mean, yeah, the first prototype is is literal trash. I took it and threw it in the trash. And then I also took the second iteration and probably the third. I made a lot of garbage through this process. But each one got me to where I am today. They were all just steps along the way. Steve's, uh, Steve, you want to join in here? Steve's commenting. Get, get into the microphone, Steve. Um, this is Uncle Steve coming in. We got Steve. Hot. Betsy, hop uncle. in. Steve and Betsy are now in the mic zone, so you're gonna have to get kind of close if you want it to hear you. Lean in real like close. close. No, that, closer. I don't really know. Okay. So just for safety's sake, like yeah, around here. Hey. Oh, you want you want to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Betsy of Steve and Betsy. Uh, Steve <laughs> of Betsy and Steve. <laughs> Welcome to our project, Dream Garden. <laughs> Betsy and Steve, could you each give me a sound, a word or otherwise, to tell me how you're feeling today? I need a minute to think about it. Okay, Steve doesn't. 
Was that the sound of your dog, Steve? No, that's the sound of my wanting a margarita in six, seven, eight minutes. <laughs> We're going to make that happen. Um, I'm pretty tired, but if I wasn't tired, I would say that I'm thrilled with this project. That's not one word. That's a bunch of words. I'm going to blame aforementioned exhaustion. <laughs> Fair. So, so that exhaustion I can also relate to, though. I, th- yeah. I feel like we're all kind of staggering around this room right now. But we're kind of staggering. I, don't, I feel like I'm staggering and leaning into y'all. And me you're, too. And you're, and, you're, and, you're, and you're holding me up, Steve. I'm looking right at you, buddy. Are you going to start humming wind beneath my wings? <laughs> I was held up physically and emotionally by Sophie earlier, and mm-hmm. I would just like to really thank her for that. So, so with that in mind, what was the balance of of working in this space with all these people here versus like going off and doing your own thing? What role did being in this class have for you being able to do this project? That's a really interesting question because I spent a lot of time here um, and I loved the community here, but I also tend to be a little bit of a loner and chose to do a few pieces of my project elsewhere. And I really wanted to build the table component of our project. So I used, a wood shop space elsewhere on campus and it sort of felt like I was working a lot towards this project but I wasn't here but then every time I came back here it sort of felt like being welcomed back with like a big hug because everybody was here and working and like saw my progress and like we're still supportive even though I wasn't like always working here which felt like really good to be a part of that community and like be able to to work elsewhere too. So so I also identify with being a loner with the work and generally preferring solitude. Mm-hmm. And I've been learning a lot this semester of how much being around people, even people like Andrew, how much that really helps me no, and supports me. Yeah, Andrew, I agree, I agree. Because that type of Get packaging, there, that packaging, that combination of intellect and hostility, judgmentalness <laughs> and episodic openness really is... Episodic openness episodic is a openness. beautiful term for my general state of mind. <laughs> episodic openness. I find that embracing with one hand and receiving a punch with the other. And I, and I like that. I like that. I want to take this moment to acknowledge myself as the oh yeah guy from the intro song. <laughs> Uh, well, you got to make sure your name's tied to that. Andrew, Andrew Michael Reinfeld, <laughs> the first. The first, oh yeah. The first, there is no second yet. Can we get a or sample Probably right ever. Yeah, um, Mark's here. He's going to be part of our musical intro. Oh, he's stealing our table. Now we got to move. Now we got to walk and talk, people. Walk okay. and talk. Boom. Mark is what I would call a no-nonsense kind of person. Boom, 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 at this point, things devolved even further, so we called it a day and went off to celebrate. When talking to everyone, I started conversations with, how are you feeling today? Because I was really struck by the tumultuous, wild ride of emotions throughout my project's entire creating process. Sophie and I made the Story Toaster, basically a bunch of pieces that kids can draw on and record into, helping them generate and narrate their own stories. This was for kids to be able to tinker with their own voices and create a bit in the intimate, powerful medium of audio. The pieces were stored in a large, toaster-looking box, hence the glorious name, Story Toaster. We had supplies shipped late, soldering irons not work, things broke, pieces got glued on backwards, measurement mistakes, bike flat tires, and hours of working with no food. And we had a freaking incredible time. Backaches, headaches, heavy eyes and a lot of laughter with the others in the makerspace. As a response to my question, why create? Olivia mentioned how proud of herself she was. 
and how she was all the prouder for the pain or stressy itchiness that she had worked through. I think that's a huge thing, and I feel similarly in my own perseverances. The main reason I dragged my mic and exhausted self off to record is because I felt like this week was a potential tipping point for me. A week full of finals and reasonable, tempting excuses to tip away from this podcast practice, this routine of growth. Regardless of sound quality, I sought to embrace Karen Brennan's episode 2 wisdom of leaning into the sometimes trash of my creating, and I did it to reach my initial goal of three episodes up by semester's end. Boom. Accomplished. Let's go. I was pleasantly surprised to find myself working on this a lot over this past weekend. Over these past few months, I have thoroughly enjoyed rebuilding a sense of trust in myself that I will persevere and follow through with my goals. I realize that this trust I'm building with myself, the only way to maintain it is to continue. I must keep doing, keep creating. I still see myself largely as a fickle creator, full of decent ideas and not enough action. Every week feels like a perpetual tipping point because I'm not yet on the solid ground of self-belief. There is no way to mentally rationalize my self-worth as powerfully as proving it to myself through action. But as much as I agree with Olivia about the importance of pride from pushing through and successfully creating something, for me, the worthwhileness doesn't just come from completion. What even is completion? Every story or poem I've ever written, I've wanted to change later on. This was a theme in many of the project presentations. Yeah, so the future work that I want to do with this. Which in this version is just a drum set, um, but version 2.0 and 3.0 are going to come with lots of different types of sounds. Um, yeah, they're going to be awesome. Five-year version, you can definitely stack it any way you want. That's all right. That's the next version. Uh, future yeah. work, though. There's many things that really that we can that we didn't do and that we could do. So here we were, a room full of people with grand visions, celebrating each other's physical products after three weeks of grinding work. Just as Olivia said earlier, do your best to envision the whole picture, but understand that it will be iterative. It will push you. You will have to edit, delete, and start over. Everyone in my class talked about the differences between their initial visions and what they had to show. Everyone had setbacks and redos. I mean, I try to have a polished-ish podcast for you to listen to, but the process to this point has been anything but smooth. About six hours into editing this, I crashed the audio program and had to start all over. It slowed me down, but my friend Sinan reminded me that crawling is okay. The thing is, a year ago, it might have taken me weeks to bounce back if I didn't just give up entirely, rather than the two days it took me for this. Maybe I'm learning to love the chaos. So, as much as sharing a final product is a ginormous joy for me, it's the tumult that I hold most dear. The ruckus, the roller coaster, the great heights and deep dives of creating. Even the swamp of despair has a beauty about it, if I care to pay attention. It sure as heck beats the months and months I sat with the idea of this podcast, coasting along but not doing anything, because of what? Fear? Inertia? I'm still sorting that out. But I'm positive that every step so far, however exhausting or painful, has been better than not moving at all. I'm grateful to be here, and I'm glad you are too. Dear listeners, much love. <laughs>